Hello, we are live. We're recording. Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret. I'm so glad that you are joining us for this episode of Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast, because we are going to have such a nice time. I am well, I'm so, I'm so happy to welcome Jennifer Sullivan who, I mean, we've had conversations before and it's always just so much fun and so, you know, kind of open and, and, and really at the heart of everything is all about our confidence stories and, and just kind of putting ourselves out there. Uh, Jennifer is, uh, has ghostwriting services among other things. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about writing books, um, and, and sharing ideas and your knowledge and your stories. Uh, welcome Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's so wonderful to have you from all the way from Jen's pen. <laughs> Across the pond. Across the pond. Amazing. Where are you today? Um, I am actually at my parents' house, uh, but that's north, that's south of Boston um, for the time being. For the time being. How long are you there? Um, well, I've been here for a couple of weeks. My mom got sick, um, but she's she's doing much better now, and I'm leaving today. So, <laughs> Wow. Traveling. Traveling. Yeah, well, just, just, you know, an hour and a half up to Boston. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm glad things are getting better in, in your mom's home because that's, that's helpful. I mean, you, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When, when we become adults, because we, we spend our teen years wanting to be big and wanting <laughs> to be adults. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, I don't like this. At all. No, this is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> no, no. And isn't it funny how, you know, how, how in life we we're so ill prepared to be adults. Like we go to school to prepare us for like what we need, you know, knowledge and stuff. But, but but really, there's no like life skills school. That's the problem, right? Like they, they don't teach us half of what we need to know. We get we get to adults and you're like, I'm still like, you know, 20 odd years into being an adult. And I'm like, what? I'm an adult? <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. weird. I don't like this. No. No, about that. it's okay. That's cool. We're all perfectly imperfect here. Whereas it's all, do you need to get that? I can just no, feel that's just. I'll just keep talking. My father just got a huge, huge, like, old person phone, and it <sighs> rings really loudly. And That's amazing. Yeah, I'm just going to... You can you go do that. You go do that. I'm so excited to talk to Jennifer because oh, it's gone. Now. I'm just I'm so excited because when we were talking about you know doing this podcast and we were talking about the you know how a lot of the times with you know when you're when you have a stage life whether that's you know uh, social media or whether that's you know you're in in a um, Zoom call with your team in, in business or whatever it is that you you kind of you. We're, we're afraid to, to learn how and, you know, what do I need to do to appear on camera and stuff? And actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's just a camera. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And, and, you know, and now people have become so comfortable with cameras, you know, from 2020. And then and then now people are kind of like, I don't want to go back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, ah, so much I nicer at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So adulting though, I mean, mm. I don't know how we got here, but adulting is hard work. It's not fun. Mm -mm. There's, there's very, I mean, like I remember thinking, Hey, like with my early twenties, you know, well, early to mid twenties, you're like being an adult is awesome. <laughs> this is great stuff. 
Yeah. And then you get you get older than that. And you're like, oh, responsibility. Well, right. and that's the thing. Adulting <laughs> is fun because when you when you're in your early twenties, you get to be selfish and you get to kind of find your groove and go and do stuff and you don't worry about the future and then your brain fully develops and you start to recognize the whole kind of like the future and what you're doing now affects the future and all of that kind of stuff so key to realize that yeah and then as life is going on and certainly in 2020 uh then i realized that oh we have to deal with all the baggage that we didn't even know we were collecting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now we have to recognize it figure out where that's coming from unpick the whole thing and then try and reparent our own selves so true it's yeah it, you didn't even realize the stuff that you're you're taking along with you and then it gets in the way and <laughs> you're like wait a second and you don't even realize that it was a problem to begin with you know what i mean like maybe it's something that you picked up unconsciously as a kid from your parents and you just thought that's how it's supposed to be and then at some point you it becomes an issue and you're like oh how do I even deal with this how do you don't even know where to start yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 a whole it's a whole thing that you can really easily get sucked into thinking that you're supposed to know and you're the only one who doesn't know yes yes Yes. My um my my husband died in 2019. I'm sorry. So I have a whole year ahead of the 2020 thing because I he died and then I was left in a lot of financial debt, so I had to move. And then I had a car accident while I was moving, and so I had a whole 2019 of not working, and I life was just coming back to normal in 2020. Um, but even simple things like is you know learning how to like plan a funeral, like. I didn't know what to do and, mm -hmm. and and all the experts kept saying well you need to tell us your funeral director and I was like well where do I get one of those I, I don't know and they were saying well we're not allowed to tell you because you know that's like a, unethical if we help you choose one or whatever I was like well somebody's got to help me choose one <laughs> but like where do we yeah you, things like that you don't know anything about until they happen and you have to figure it out at a time where maybe emotionally it's not the best time to be making big decisions yeah you know i actually have a friend is really cool he's st he's starting a business based on like like as a, as a funeral consultant kind of thing where he takes you through all the process of it and i think that, that that's really useful and people should there should be more of that around yeah absolutely absolutely but i think we there's so many things that we don't talk about yes death being one of them death definitely being one of them um anxiety over i don't know how to be an adult and i i don't like what's coming up for me you know mm -hmm. and obviously there's therapy and there's coaching and there's all those kind of things but for a lot of people we don't even feel like we know how to ask those questions or is there shame in asking those questions or you know all of that kind of thing we feel like we should know like if we don't know by now, I'm, you know, I'm in my forties. If I don't know this stuff by now, I should be embarrassed that I don't. And how could I even ask? Yeah. 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 And I think, I think, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, makeup and stuff and, you know, how, how a lot of people, you know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to know all of this stuff and we're supposed to, you know, have our look or we're supposed to play or, or, or the, the dreaded question when we're children of, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> we right? still don't know as an adult. <laughs> and then you're like, 
and so and so my children are you know they, they hit sort of 20s and then they go I don't know what I want to do with my life and I'm like yeah me too and they're like that's not helpful you're supposed to know welcome to life <laughs> no I don't know and I, I don't think I had those frank discussions with my parents oh no no my parents knew everything yeah <laughs> And then, and then it's no wonder, you know, we're all recognizing this imposter voice in us where we're like, I'm supposed to know, I don't know, I do, you know, and, and, and then, and, you know, all of these things start to come up for us. Uh, and then that makes us doubt and it makes us hold things back and it makes us not ask the questions that we need to ask. or We don't want to look silly or exactly. everyone else has got it figured out or all that. I spent so many years being so stuck in something like that, you know, and just be like, oh, I can't ask that. I'm supposed to know that. And if I, if I, if I ask about it, that reflects on my identity as, as a functioning adult, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, especially as someone who like kind of identifies with being on the intelligence side, you're like, I can't admit that I don't know that. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is like, you can't know something until you know it. And that's true of everybody in the world. We don't know a thing until we know it, right? So at some point you have to learn it. Exactly. And you exactly. have to have the confidence to speak up and say, hey, I actually don't know anything about that. Because you know about other stuff. You know about other stuff that yeah. other people don't know about, but this, whatever this is, you don't know about it. Or mm -hmm. if you're in a situation like you were with your husband and you have to find a funeral director no one knows that stuff when, when the first time it happens, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think, you know, um, if you've got people around you that, you know, like family or, or people that you can trust that, that can, you can ask those questions of, then that's one thing, but it's really easy to end up feeling really isolated and alone yeah. either because you don't have people around as it, which was my case or you, cause I, they, he had no family and I, I don't have family here other than my children. So, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know who to ask. And then, and then, the other thing is, you know, we might feel like the people around us are going to shame us or judge us in some way. And we're so afraid of being judged. And I don't even know where that comes from. I mean, that's going to be a societal, like an inborn human thing, right? And evolution, evolutionarily, it does, you need to be accepted by the group in order to, to survive, right? Um, yeah. That... I mean, that would be where I would think it would come from, but it is a big issue. The funny thing about that though, is that when you come to the other side of that and you're like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm always like that in every situation, but at a certain point, if, when you can admit to yourself, you're not perfect and you're not going to know everything. And if you look like an idiot, sometimes you look like an idiot and whatever, like if you can, it's so much easier to be that way. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's so you know? much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So much easier. I, I do a lot of uh, choreography classes where, you know, I, I attend choreography classes. I'm terrible at choreography. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like I have, considering I'm a dancer, I have no rhythm <laughs> and I have no ability to remember choreography. So, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. I love but, that. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it, it, it's really just about like, it's getting, getting out of your, your own head and just moving. And just that's exactly right you, you know and just having that that freedom and that starts to build confidence and then confidence isn't something you get first and then you do the thing so it's, not, you do yeah. the thing and it's momentum mm -hmm. it's like the whole fake it till you make it thing 
You know what I mean? Like you just, just, if you don't have confidence, just pretend you do. Yeah. You or know, just do it anyway. You just know? do it anyway. Just, yeah. Just, just feel that and do it anyway. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I've many times um, wanted to do writing and I, and I, I know, yeah, I know that's part of your world. Mm-hmm. I've many times wanted to do it. And I, I have actually done some writing in, in my adult life and I wouldn't have been able to let anybody read it. Right. Right. No, that's, so, that's very common. That's very common. The good thing about writing though, is that it is a solitary adventure and you don't have to let anybody write it, read it. You don't even have to read it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to judge it. Nobody has to judge it. You just write. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you write. It does not matter. Just put it down on paper. It doesn't know. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if it's bad. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, the worst drivel on the face of the planet. It doesn't matter. No one's going to read it. It's just, yeah. Yeah. But if you wanted to put it out there, if you wanted Mm -hmm. to get published, you have to be open to that. Right. Which means you have to be open to failure. You have to be open to feedback and criticism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay. This is true in cabaret as well. You have to be okay with other people not being okay with you. That's yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people have a lot of issues. Um, the great thing like with writing and, and you want to, if you want to put things out there again, the first things that you write don't have to, like, you don't have to worry about them. You can go back. They're not the final things. It's not going to be perfect right out, out of the gate. You just write the ideas down. I mean, when I write some of the stuff is just like, I, it really is just a sketch of an idea. It's just like, no one's going to, it's not interesting at all. It's just, okay, this is what I want to happen here. You know, and then you go back and you revise, you, you know, you go back over it, you have different ideas, you, you come back to it weeks later and you're like, oh, wait a second, this doesn't work here. So I can move it around and and see how it goes. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. Um, Yeah. You know. And see, we don't see all of that, right? So what we see is what's published. Right. The the very end. Yes. You see the end. I mean. People take months or years to write books, you know, in, in, in the end, they're looked at by somebody else and the editor will go through it and make the changes they think they should be made and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, even Stephen King doesn't, or I don't know what Stephen, cause he lives up in Maine. I don't know when that just came into my head, but um, he didn't just sit down and write the entire thing and then just hand it to the publisher and it's published. You know what I mean? You just gotta get your ideas down there, you know, first thing, and then go from there, you know? Yeah. 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 And then, and then you have to get your head around that whole program that, you know, we're, we're all in some parts of our lives, not okay with other people not being okay, but Mm -hmm. that's where the fake it till you make it strategy starts to have flaws. Because if you're faking it all the time, then you, you never get to authentically put it out there. The, um, the the last part of that, that phrase is the, is the key, I think, until you make it like do it until you feel good. You know what I mean? You will feel comfortable eventually. Um, and yeah, you're not going to be faking it the whole time. Just if, if that's what you need to start, that's where you can start. But yeah, yeah, I mean, people have a, have a, a large problem, um, with, being judged by other people. And I do believe that comes from the herd mentality that kept us alive for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. 
Um, so it, it is scary to branch off from that, you know, because there is in your, you know, reptile brain back here, there is that like almost a threat of death, you know, some people can, can get that scared of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, th and that's why our fight, flight or freeze still exists in us. Mm -hmm. And and it's learning to, you know, to override that and, and, and do it anyway. And I, I think the other thing is, and we, we kind of talked about this before we started recording was about that how bit, right? So like, you, like, okay, uh, my children, and also my co-pioneer, Ryan Francis, they, they, they joke about having PTSD about teaching me how to use social media. <laughs> And it's probably not even as much of a joke <laughs> because I, okay. So, so this is how basic it got, right? So if you think like, oh, I don't know how to start a Facebook group or I don't know how to, I didn't understand. I still kind of low key don't understand what the homepage is on Facebook. Right. Right. Because I right. have the notifications and I have my little group, like the, all the, you know, where the groups come up and I have where the videos come up and I have all, so why do I need the homepage? And they kept saying, well, that's what other people are doing. And I was saying, but it's my home. <laughs> right. Right. I'm, this with, is my you. Home. I'm with you on that. <laughs> right. Like, why do I care about these other people? This isn't other people's houses. This is my homepage. So why do I need, and they, and they kept saying, well, yeah, but it's what other people are up to. Yes, but that's, but that makes no sense to me. Anyway, this went on and on and on to the point where I had to, for quite a few months, not even look at the homepage because it, it frustrated me and confused yeah. me so much. And it's just, it's something so ridiculously simple, but that's how basic my knowledge was. Mm -hmm. And now I feel so comfortable with social media because I didn't have it all figured out. I just, I, I, I constantly am learning and picking mm -hmm. up new stuff. And by the way, if you think you've got it figured out, they go and change the algorithm anyway. So what's the point? No. And then they like update the, the whole look of it. And then you're looking around for what buttons and different yeah. functionalities you're like wait i knew it now i don't again <laughs> yeah yeah and so we're all kind of in that boat to some degree right, right? And, and unless that's your whole you know business and in which case you know you, you probably enjoy that but but you know it and and as soon as as soon as some other platform does clubhouse, clubhouse comes along and then instagram goes oh now we're having rooms it's like what i know i know it's like please please just stop yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that kind of thinking that we have to have it all figured out mm -hmm. is so, is so limiting to us. So like you say, just start writing to start and then figure it out. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's true of anything, right? That like we were just saying, you don't know until you know, so you're not going to know all at once either. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not going to pick up a guitar, learn a couple of chords and be able to play stairway to heaven. You know what I mean? Like maybe you will. I don't know. I don't, I've never played the guitar, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't know about that. But you know what I mean? Like you, you're not, you, the knowledge doesn't come all at once. You learn little by little. You, you learn by messing up. You know what I mean? And you, you learn by messing up and, and, and keeping going, you know? Yeah. And with writing, you know, I mean, it, it, and I'm sure with a lot of other things as well, if you go out of your way to learn things, you, maybe you learn techniques, maybe you go to a class, a creative writing class or, you know, a research writing class or, or whatever the case may be, you come up with your own, eventually you come up with your own way of doing things, you know, that you're comfortable with. But yeah. you learn that by experimenting with other people's ways of doing things. Right. And so this is the limitation and flaw of adulting because children don't worry about that. Right. Well, because right. they know that I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> They'll just ask. 
Exactly. Or they just keep on trying, right? Mm -hmm. And then I know a lot of people talk about, you know, we wouldn't be able to walk if we just gave up the first time or we're embarrassed to say, so say how do I do this? Or, you know, we, you, we just keep on trying. Right. And I, I think that's such an important thing to do as adults is to just play. I, mm -hmm. I, I argue with people all the time that, you know, I, for me, play is a value. Oh, yeah. And I don't care if by definition that's not true. For me, it's a value. It is everything to me. I, I want to play. This is how I end up with pink hair. This is how I end up with, you know, uh, ridiculous, um, you know, makeup thing, uh, uh, masterclasses. And this is how I end up with, you know, going to strange places I've never been to and learning about different things because that whole beginner's mind mm -hmm. is so key. It really is. And it, it makes the world a lot more interesting, a lot more interesting, you know, when you're willing to approach things. I mean, play serves serves the same goal as, as an adult as it does when you're a kid right i mean number one it's fun and who doesn't want to have fun but number two you 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 get your pink hair and you see if you like it you know what i mean or or you jump out on the stage and like oh god you know you see if you like it it's it's play opens the world you know play makes everything doable it really does. It. I love that you get that because yeah. so many people are like, well, no, because this is serious and this is business and this is. And I'm like, yeah, cool, but yeah. it's still playful. Yeah. Why can't you still have fun and and learn while you're doing your serious businessy stuff? Exactly. Exactly. And I think I think you know that whole beginner's mind piece. I I go to like really basic stuff. Um, you know, stuff that, that I already have some expertise in, I, I'll join every challenge and every masterclass and whatever, but I go there not going, okay, see what you can teach me. Cause I, know <laughs> I go there going, cool. I know nothing about this because I don't know what you're going to share. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, um, I was going to this acting class, really basic acting, acting class for, um, the technique that I, I learned in college and, I mean, it was a refresher class and the teacher was just like, why are you even here? And I'm like, cause this is fun. <laughs> like, you know, like let's, it's a big, like you said, a beginner's mind or, or even like a re-beginner's mind, like get back into this, relearn it. I'm going to have a different perspective on it now anyway, than when I learned it, you know what I mean? I'm going to understand something different. It's you're, you're going to get different things out of it. So there's even if, even going back to the basics of something you already know is worth doing. Always, always. I when I when I go to an aerial class, they'll always say, you know, do you know what this is, or have you has anybody not seen this before? And I always go, me, and I make them re-explain it because it's a different instructor, it's a different night, it's different people. That's a good point. Yeah, that's great. Don't, don't be ridiculous. You can totally do this. Like we, you, we, this is this is easy for you. And I'm like, yeah, but I still I, I want to go back and and relearn it in a different way. There might be something I pick up. There might be, you know, so something true. That, a little flourish or I don't know what I'm good. I don't know what it is. Cause I don't know. That's why I want to know. Cause yeah. Cause you don't know who knows what, what you'll learn this time around. Exactly. And there really are, unless it's life threatening or endangering anyone mm -hmm. or anything that that's a different thing. But other than that, there are very few things that are really super high risk that, you know, so so obviously Ariel, we go off the off the floor. So there's some risk to that. But if you do it slowly and you do it carefully, yeah. you learn it and you yeah. relearn it. 
Exactly. You practice. <laughs> so, so, so how did you end up where you are today? What's the, what's the story that takes you to today on a Confidence Through Camera podcast uh, and Jen's pen? <laughs> well, how like, like any other story, it's it, it never ends, right? It's just you start and you end in interesting places. That's that's what a story is, right? Um, so let me think about where the the most interesting place to start is. <laughs> um, well, uh, Jen's pen started because I okay, so I'm an actor. I'm a, a an artist. I'm a filmmaker. I, I, I'm a very creative person. But uh, and I was on a pretty good trajectory uh, up until uh, several years ago when I got depressed and I kind of just everything just kind of fell away and I, and I lost it all. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any confidence. Right. I didn't I didn't think I could do anything. But then last year, <clears throat> COVID came along and we all had a minute to sit back. You know what I mean? And like, OK, well, I can't go out. You know what I mean? And they don't want me to go out. So they're going to give me money to stay in. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I can't, you know, what I was doing, I was doing, I was an Uber driver, <clears throat> just trying to make some money wherever I could. And I couldn't do that anymore. So I was able to stay home and, and do some real soul searching, some real work on myself. And um, I did a lot. I did, a, I got a very, I, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. It was actually very euphoric once you lift yourself out of something like that. Um, but then I got to a point where like, I didn't know how to, like, I knew that COVID was going to end and I'm going to be faced with the same problems as I had before. And I don't know how to deal with them. So I needed to find, find out how to deal with those problems, mainly financial. Um, I'm, I was not, so this is, you also got to be careful with your words. <laughs> I was not uh, a very financially astute person because they don't teach that in school as they should. Um, and, uh, I knew that I needed to find a way to support myself, um, come the end of COVID. So, um, I, one night, I don't know if you're spiritual or whatever. I, I was getting very, one of the big things that was happening was getting very much back in touch with my, uh, my connection to the universe. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to her a lot. <laughs> And one night I just broke down. I'm like, I'm going to have the same problems. Like, what am I going to do? I need help. Just please, please, please help with this financial part. Cause I'm not going to be able to move on in my life. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. I'm not going to be able to do anything if I can't figure this out. The next day, a friend of mine, um, we went out for lunch and he told me about this group uh, called the Alchemist Nation. <clears throat> That's for real estate uh, investors and entrepreneurs. And I got involved with the group and, um, I still didn't know. I mean, I, I had gotten my real estate license and I thought I'd do something with that, but it turns out that I really don't like it at all. <laughs> like, Fair enough. At all. You tried it? tried it, not interested. Um, and when you're not interested in something like that, it's hard to devote your entire self to it. Right. So I was trying to find my place within this group of basically just real estate investors and real estate agents and entrepreneurs. And um, I got to know the guy who founded the group and he started knowing me and he saw that I have all these other talents that I didn't feel like really fit into this group anywhere. Like, like it was like I was bifurcated. There was like me <clears throat> over here. And then there was me in this group that had 
no skill, no ability, no knowledge in anything they were talking about. And I was like, just lost. So I was talking to him about it. And he was like, well, you know, I need help writing this book. And I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Nice. <laughs> you know, like, well, it, it, it first started out just as sort of editing the book that he'd already written. And then he asked me to ghostwrite a book, um, and the next book for him. And then he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, okay. And he's like, you're starting a ghostwriting business. Um, and I'm going to have, I've got a couple of clients. Here's, here's how you're going to run it. Here's how, what you're going to do. I mean, he's, he's a very successful business person and I'm not, I've tried to start a, a bunch of businesses before on my own. Great businesses. They didn't work out because I'm not a business person. I didn't know anything. So he was just basically, I mean, he's just basically taking me by the hand and held and said, okay, step one, step two, step three, this is what you're doing. Okay. And he's like, and now you have to systematize it. I'm like, oh, and he's like, so that you can get bigger. And so one day he's like, and you know, any, any, any client that I send your way, I'll just, you know, I'll just take, you know, 20%, whatever. And I was like, oh, well, I think that actually you should take 50% of everything because I'm not doing anything besides writing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're doing everything else. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, now that I'm a 50% partner, I'm even more interested in, in making this business um, successful. So we're, we've really gone all in on it. And um, we've come up with a great system to help people. And the, the, the work that we're doing is um, aimed at professionals who help other people, service for service people. So like coaches, um, but also real estate investors and attorneys and hard money lender guys and um, professional, more personal transformation people. Anybody who's who reaches out and needs a client base and has something to teach. So the book is is like a teaching aid, but also it gets uh, more visibility for the person. It, it establishes a credibility that they wouldn't have been able to establish otherwise. Um, it gets them onto more podcasts and stages and it starts building your relationship with your potential client before you even meet. So that's what he saw the need for in the, in the world that he inhabits. And I just so happened to be able to do that. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It was literally an answer to a prayer is the short, is the short answer. It was literally an answer to a prayer. That's amazing. And so now, so now you ghostwrite books for people. So yeah. I, if I come to you and say, you know, I have this this business experience or this this message to share, then we discuss it and you write it. Um, we discuss it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's it's a very interesting format. So we discuss it. We we Walter would be on it too because he's he's the business genius and he'll be able to really see an angle um, that would be the best strategy business wise for what for what should be included in the book, <clears throat> but. There's like the middle of the book is like six principles, six things that you teach, right? Maybe there's six, the six modules of your course. Maybe they're just six things that you got to know to be a good real estate agent. Um, and then the first part of the book is mindset. And the last part of the book is empowerment. So we work together um, and I find the right questions to ask to get the right information out of you, the, the, your ideas, your knowledge and your personal stories that will be relevant and that will engage people um and yeah I, I i basically gather all that stuff from you and then put it into a book and write it as as much in your voice as possible 
that's that's wonderful that's wonderful and and so interesting about voices so are you uh do you write for americans mainly no what we do actually when i say your voice i I, as as literally as possible as i can mean this in Mm. a written situation (laughs) i mean your voice i we our interviews are i ask you questions and um you answer them in an audio format so i take that that i get it i get it transcribed i take the information and i arrange it in the best way like the most logical way to go through it but then as much as possible i use your words yeah and and i put it into you know the way you would the way you would express it i mean i elevate it a little because you want it generally slightly more elevated than conversational tone although personally i like conversational tone as much as possible because I, I feel like that makes you relate to the person much more. Yeah. Um, but if if I were to write it for someone in the UK, I would I would change, you know, the OUs and yeah. yeah. And there is a different dialect. There there are different expressions and yes, um, yeah. There, there are different language patterns, which is which is why I asked that because I, I very often, you know, my corporate world, I will be you know emailing with somebody well this is before the 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 kind of widespread of zoom and google meets mm-hmm. and so on but but you know people would say you make so much more sense when i've met you because now i understand the dialect of your emails which is really quite funny that is funny yeah and and so and so i think i think you know being able to hear somebody's voice by the, because those words that we use that the language that we choose is is so important to how that's connected to how we're storing it in our own brain so true and honestly even just storing it in our own body too the way you say something excuse me as an actor this is something we study too um the way you say something your inflections give give words completely different meanings so if i'm listening to you and i hear the inflection it's going to be completely different from not completely but it could be could be interpreted completely differently from the written word right so that's something I'm working on too. Is like, okay, I gotta make sure it means what she she means it to mean, you know? Yeah, and it sounds like that person. Exactly. So I get I get accused quite often because I'm Canadian, but I live in the UK, and the effect of the two accents together is I get I get uh, asked if I'm Irish a lot, like every single day of my life. <laughs> so I was hosting a, a a jazz and soul evening last night in an event, and I people were saying oh are you irish and i was saying no i'm really not <laughs> and they were irish and i was thinking okay that's, that's funny interesting. because there's different expressions that i use that are uk based but then mm-hmm. i there's just the mix of the the accents and that is so important because i i'm not completely canadian and i'm not completely british which is why i asked that question about you know our voice mm-hmm. it's i always think of you know did you ever watch Shit's creek no, I haven't. I'm with with um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Okay, so oh, first of all, that. that's your homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I uh, it's 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 one of my favorites of all time. Um, and I get accused of being Moira Rose quite a lot. And oh yeah, Catherine O'Hara's part because I say mm-hmm. things and I say things quite with different emphasis than than the people that are surrounding me in the UK and they're you know because there's obviously yeah. he's Canadian I'm Canadian so there's some there's some expressions that I use or some some emphasis that I put on words that is quite different to the UK and then they say oh, you sound like Moira I had to watch this Greek because I, I, I think I'll have to watch that 
Well, it's interesting too because your 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 accent is part Canadian, but also the the British part isn't what I mean. As an American, you would think typically British, right? Like it's more of a like kind of a West Country Southern kind of accent than it is for like the, the proper RP or even Cockney or something like that. Yeah, definitely not Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> no, oh no, oh no, Dick Van Dyke oh. is the gra greatest example. Oh my goodness, Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> So oh my goodness mm. I, I love that i love that we've gone from like really serious adulting very <laughs> right, right. poppins <laughs> <laughs> oh, <blimey>, governor. <laughs> that's amazing that's, that's amazing awesome. <laughs> that's great and the in-betweeners has a lot to answer for 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 americans learning the uh the, the british lingo it's quite right funny. right but um, yeah, so that's so that's interesting. And then so so okay. So then you write the book, I and do, then yeah. you also publish it, or do you we help with, get it done? Or we um, we help publish it. So we will we'll do it on Amazon, which is uh, sort of a print to order kind of service. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to order like five hundred or whatever. And we don't just like let you loose at the end. Where you know we can help set you up with that. Um, but again, I mean, we were talking about like there's this is a good option for people who either don't have the time, don't really know where to start, don't have feel like they have the skill, don't have the confidence. But the key there is to know to have the confidence that you know what you know and that you have a message to impart. You know what I mean? Like that you can actually change someone's life just by being who you are and telling your stories, you know. That's a different kind of confidence to have. It's a whole different kind of confidence. And I think, you know, storytelling has always been there, you know, oh. before writing and like you the know. word storytelling gives me the goosebumps. It's like it's like my main my main life. Storytelling is the most amazing thing in the world. And people don't even realize that like we are we are the storytelling animal, right? <laughs> We are. We really are. And I know you have a lot of stage experience and that's telling a story, mm -hmm. um, you know, making all art, all art is about telling a story in one way all, or another. All art is absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I think, you know, for a long time before, before we really fully embraced the internet, we, you know, we, we kept our stories to ourselves or, you know, some of us wrote books, obviously, and some of us shared them kind of locally, mm -hmm. but that ability to have that global reach of your story. Mm -hmm. So powerful. So powerful. And, you know, it's funny for anybody who's lacking confidence and, and, and putting themselves forward, because that's, that's a big issue. Like we were talking about, like that people want to be accepted, whatever people feel shy. They don't feel confident. They don't feel like they have enough to share. Um, I would encourage you to go look at some of my Facebook lives because they're ridiculous. I I just I just if I can put my my emotional whatever. So what what I do is I I as someone who's depressed, I'm learning to deal with emotions in a in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. So when especially when something comes up that I had an issue with that would be a trigger, like yesterday there I had like a big shame spiral. It was awful. You know what I mean? So I went on camera. And I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. This is what it feels like in my body. I don't know how to handle this right now because when, you know, <laughs> a year and a half ago, I would have gone to bed for three days, you know, or more. And it would be something that bothers me to the end of my, the end of my life. I would be thinking about it when I'm 75, like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are the things, but that's not how I want to live my life anymore. And 
anybody who does that, and I know there are a lot of people out there who do that, I want them to see like, okay, I know what you're talking about. I'm not like, like just saying I went through this stuff. You can see I go through this stuff. And then, you know, an hour or two later when I figured it out or the next day or two weeks later, whenever I figure it out, I come on and I talk about that. And if I can do that, if I can be like, anybody can do anything, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. You can tell your story. If, if I just sit there and I cry and talk about how ashamed I am of myself, anybody can go through talking about whatever they need to talk about. Yeah. And it's, it makes us human and it makes us feel it, it kind of, it makes us be able to connect and say, Oh, that's okay. Cause I, me too, but I didn't know that I was allowed to talk about that. Exactly. That's, that is so, that's what, that's what's so important about emotional stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like people don't know there's such a stigma, especially, I mean, especially in a culture like, like, the UK, you know what I mean? Like, and in American culture too, I, I come from an Irish family, uh, an Irish ascendancy, you know, you know like an ancestry ascendancy, <laughs> both, um, you know what I mean? Where, where there it's very close to the best, you know what I mean? Like you don't talk about emotions and if you have an argument, you don't, you calm down, you go away, you calm down and then you pretend like it never happened. You know what I mean? Like any emotion, you pretend that like it didn't happen and that messed me up. Yeah, you know. Oh my goodness, yeah. I my 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 mother's voice is in my head with what will people think, mm -hmm. and and what cabaret taught me is I don't care. Right. If, you, if, if if you if if there's if there's an adverse effect to me sharing my truth and how painful or difficult it is, and you suddenly don't like me or what or think worse, it's, then then you're not the person that I need in my life anyway. That's your problem. If you have a problem with me, you have the problem. Exactly. Because I'm just going to go be be me. And I don't have a problem with that because that's who I am. And honestly, if I want to live a full, happy life, I'm just going to have to accept who I am and be that be the best me I can. And if you have an issue, you have the issue. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Because they can choose. They can choose not to hear it or not to yeah. listen to it. Go somewhere to... else. Do something else. Yeah. Exactly. Well, listen to me. If you don't like hearing me be sad and talk about my emotions and you want to tell me get over it, that's fine. Go ahead. Like it's, you don't get it. And that's your problem. If you have a problem seeing me talk about whatever I'm talking about, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> but you don't yeah. have to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're in the midst of, you know, spiraling into this mental health crisis that you Especially know with the covid and people stay oh and everything that's going on right now it's so scary yeah there's you a lot of people questioning like i was doing this stuff and i didn't question it and now i am because i had to stop doing it and now what do i do it, it, it just is a huge thing and i think on top of that there were already huge you know it, subjects oh, yeah. that we didn't talk about we didn't talk about like aging females and how they're just kind of discarded and i know and right oh you have a couple of wrinkles on your face out yeah <laughs> beautiful every, anymore every female that i've talked to when i talk about you know not taking up space or sh making ourselves small they go yes yeah you have to apologize for yourself yeah you that's something i've I, something that's uh kind of come into my life in an emphasized way recently with my mother, she, you know, she just suffered a stroke. It was minor. Thank God. And she's doing very well. 
but even more so than she was before she's apologizing for herself every every five seconds and it's heartbreaking it's like what do you don't don't you you're you have every right to exist <laughs> you have every right to have what you to be going through what you're going through you know what i mean like it's heartbreaking and it's 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 difficult to watch women need to learn not to apologize for themselves just for existing just for having an issue yeah or, or just for just for trying and not succeeding we're not told to do those things you know you've mm -hmm. talked about money um I, I think for a lot of us you know we were kind of told well don't worry about it because you'll get married <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast <laughs> you'll get married. yeah that's yeah that's and yeah, your that's... husband will know how to do that who also probably always... will know how to do that Sorry. And, yeah. and your husband might not have learned how to do that i you know for me it wasn't even a matter of it was yeah it was i grew up in a relatively i mean compared to most people on earth, a very like affluent and, and privileged lifestyle. And I didn't have to worry about money. I didn't have to think about money. Um, my mom took care of all the financials and she never really showed me how to do it. You know what I mean? And, and so to me, like, I mean, and honestly, like, I don't, like I would go to the mall and my mom would hand me a $20 bill. And back in 1992, <laughs> 20 bucks was like 50 bucks. <laughs> it was like okay money's just there whenever i need it you know oh, oh wait wait what what <laughs> yeah oh, wait, where did it come from wait a second and i mean i always i always i've always had a vision of my life as an actor it never occurred to me that i would be anything but a very successful actor when i grew up which was unfortunately derailed by the depression because i was doing relatively well but um i was on my way but the point is when that didn't materialize and my expectations weren't met on that scene and I wasn't making the money that I assumed that I would be making, I didn't know what to do. You yeah. know, like, okay, I'll get a car and I'll go drive for Uber, you know, okay, I'll get a job doing stuff that I can do, but it's not going to pay me that well, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. 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 And then your, your confidence just takes a dive from there. You know, if, if there's something like that, I mean, if you can't handle yourself as an adult financially in this world as a woman, like, I mean, I'm sure it's it's just as difficult as a man. I, I, anything, anybody who can't handle themselves financially is considered a failure and that will just kill you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think there are a, a lot of things that kind of the Gen X needs to has probably even passed on to millennials um that that we need to unpick and change you know and and even i mean because i've got millennial children and then i've got a gen z child and and i i need i i have to go back and kind of go okay there was some stuff there that i programmed in you i didn't know i was doing it because i was doing my best but yeah we need to unpick some of that let me help you with that because it's flawed yeah like, whoops <laughs> do over yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I, I didn't. Even, when my husband passed away, I didn't know how to mow the lawn, and we had a really big garden <laughs> and pasture, and I I didn't even know how to start the lawnmower because my brother mowed the lawn and I weeded and raked and didn't mm -hmm. like, and so there were definite roles, right? And that was because one day he would have a lawn of his own, right? right. And I wouldn't, or, but I would have a husband, yeah. right? Who would have done the same and he and he would mow the lawn yeah and that's what happened 
That's what, then, what your expectation was. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't know how to mow the lawn. I don't even know how to start the lawnmower. Luckily, my youngest is quite um, adept at figuring stuff out. And he was in Canada. And I had to phone him and have a FaceTime call with him to figure out how to use the lawnmower. Because I didn't want to ask people because I was like, but I'm an adult. I'm supposed to know this stuff. This is ridiculous. No way am I going into my little gossipy village and saying, (laughs) mow my lawn. Villages. That's one of the things I love about the UK so much. (sighs) Lives in a village. Everybody knows everybody in their little village. It's so great. Yeah. There was no way I was asking that. Right. Um, and it, and it really kind of started, it was that, that made, made me go, okay, what else did I not learn? Because I was the girl. Right. So that's not true in every family or in every culture, but the, but there is truth that you got some information and not others. And yeah. money shouldn't be a secret. No. I mean, but you're right. You know what I mean? Especially... I mean, maybe even less so in our generation and the generation um, in the Gen X stuff, like women at that point were out in the workforce and learning stuff like that. But we were taught by our mothers, you know what I mean, who maybe began working outside of the home, but certainly the roles had not changed. And the roles only slightly changed when we we became adults, you know what I mean? Like, so, okay, certainly much more than a woman working in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, my mom worked outside the home, but just like yeah. was my mom was a teacher. Yeah. 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 My mom was a teacher as well. And so there were certain roles that you had. Oh, and, and she had everything. And she could go to work, but she had to come home and do everything there too. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And to this day, women are at least 30% more, you know, are, are doing 30% more of the home, even when they're out working as well. And yeah. the truth is that even if you have a very hands-on partner, uh, male partner that that, that that are involved in childcare, that they're, they're less involved in childcare. Oh yeah, and they don't expect to be as you know what I mean, like. Well, when my kids were young, I worked all the hours, and I worked mm-hmm. it around being there at all of their school things, and I did all the things. Mm-hmm. But, but my husband at the time was getting all this, oh, it's amazing that you're here at the school play or the parents' night. I was like, hold on, I'm at every one of them and I'm working 60 or 70 hours a week. What the hell is going on? Right, like why is he getting all this praise? But yeah. I mean, say, like thinking about it, you always want to praise someone for doing something so they do more of it. You do, but I wasn't getting that. And I, oh, I was still doing more of it. But you were already well, you were already doing it, I guess is the point. Like yeah. we were we're already doing it. So if we praise the guys, maybe they'll like want to do it a little bit more. True. Yeah, that's true. But but I, I love what you're saying about you know money because money is energy. And that's something I that we need to teach people. Yeah. Money is energy. Money is not the root of all evil. It's not. And you're it's not, not a bad person if you have money. It's not a, a like a, a, a commodity. I mean, it is a commodity, obviously, because that's how we treat it in the patriarchy. Mm, that's another mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> I'd be happy to talk about that later, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we'll need a part two. But it, it's an energy, right? And it's right. and it, it it's something that we don't talk about in that way. And so our, our limitations around money, uh, our um, inability to talk about it or, you know, to, to pretend that we've got lots of money and then end up in huge amounts of debt or whatever that is, 
it's, it's not going to get better until we start talking about it. Yes. It's so, I mean, it really needs to be taught in schools. Financial literacy needs to be taught in schools because it's just, I mean, when you come from a, a place, everybody comes from a different place. You know what I mean? And we all have our, our struggles that come along with that. Yeah. I didn't know that money didn't grow on trees. <laughs> I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, certainly I was always told that money didn't grow on trees. And I knew that theoretically I couldn't go to the money tree outside, but it, it, it didn't really, really sink into my brain that it could not be there one day. Yeah. And, and it's the same with scarcity, you know, people who grew up with scarcity of money mm -hmm. have that kind of fear of it all is going to go away. Mm -hmm. And that's different. And that's that's the same when we talk about mental health because that comes and goes. That's the same when we talk about physical health because that comes and goes. You know, and we and we don't prepare ourselves or our children for those moments. When it and goes. we don't teach teach people or ourselves how to stay, how to become healthy, in all those in those areas, and how to stay healthy in all those areas. So that when the you know COVID hits and there's nothing you can do about it, at least you you've got your immune system up to as 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 good as it can be. You know what I mean? Like your body is as healthy as it can be. Your financial system state is as healthy as it can be. Like we need people to know, like, hey, buy some assets. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't just save it in the bank because it yeah. will go. Yeah. You know, or buy some therapy or whatever it is that you yes. need. If that's what you need, there yes. is no shame in that. It's actually the best thing you can do. There's, there's shame in, in not shame. I don't like use, I mean, shame is very specific, but you know, there's, there's, it's silly if you don't get the help that you need. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's how my imposter syndrome uh, has shown up for a long, long time is not wanting to ask for help, which is why I couldn't ask anybody how to mow the lawn. Mm -hmm. uh, I just couldn't, I, I didn't. I, and even if it was offered, I couldn't accept help. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. And until, until everything disappeared and it did, you know, my children grew up, my husband died, my, I, I lost my home, all the stuff until everything. And then I lost my health because I had neck and back injury. Then I, once it was all gone, that's when I learned the hard lesson. That's yeah. That's when you learn the lessons, right? And if, if we could do that sooner, that would just be so much more healthy because it's, we would have strategies and resilience for it. If you can teach people, we can get back to the books. <laughs> if you can yes. teach people from your own experience, the lessons that you've learned, like, Hey, when my husband passed and my kids had left and I got into this car accident and everything left. And I, I learned these things that if you learn now, you don't have to wait until that happens to you. Yeah. And if it were to happen to you, you know what to do now. Exactly. And I love that you are helping people put their message out there, share their learnings and their stories. Because stories. Stories. Stories are, I mean, it, it's key to have human, human evolution, human, human resiliency and, and human just our existence honestly like hey i was in the woods the other day and this bear came along and you know grog over there ran away and the bear got him but i went like this Rawr! and the bear ran away so maybe you guys if you come to a bear you should do that too you know that's how we learn that's how that's how humans learn yeah we've got the experiential learning 
firsthand, and then we've got the experiential learning for, from the second hand. And I mean, that's how that's how human society was built. You know, that's how we got to the moon. That's that's how we have the electric car that we've had since the '80s. But the patents were suppressed by the oil companies. Um, you know, yeah. that's, that's how we got there. <laughs> There's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a different one. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like that's how, that's every advancement we've made in society is by telling each other our stories and what we've learned, you know? Yeah. So that's the greatest thing you can do, if, especially if you feel like you've gone through a hard time, the way to make it worth it. Like for me, the way that 10 years I lost in the depression, the way I can make that okay with myself is to share how I'm getting past it. Amazing. You know, I mean, like, sorry, that's like, it's, that's a very personal thing to me because I lost 10 years. Yeah. But you know, maybe you didn't lose it. That's how I'm trying to see it now. You know, like, mm -hmm. okay, I can use this. I can help other people who are in this situation and maybe they don't have to lose 10 years. Maybe they can see that there's actually hope that they can actually get out of this, this mental state that they've, they've gotten stuck in, you know, and maybe it brought you to where you really were meant to be. That's yeah, exactly. Like here, right now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And helping others share their stories because what you don't get to see in, in that line of work is what impact you helping someone share their story had for other people. Yes. Yes. So and I just like to let me write a book. It might help, you know, thousands and thousands of people, but, but you helped you you were the you were the catalyst for that working and that happening. excites me that, that's very exciting to me like just i mean it's, it'd be nice to be able to see but it's just a, it, it's an exciting thought that i could help people who i don't even know who i would never normally be able to help because i don't have that experience <laughs> i don't have that knowledge you know what i mean but i was able to write it for this other person who did and now that's out there into the world and it wouldn't have been if you didn't do that so I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Thank you. And I think it's just, maybe it's not where you're meant to be forever, but it's where you're meant to be right now. Right now. It is. And, it definitely is. And and that's it. That's all there is. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have met you. Exactly. And I love that we've met. Me too. This is very okay. cool. All right. So a few, a few kind of rapid fire questions uh, okay. before we wrap up. So, so you're about to go on stage in Cabaret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cabaret could be singing, dancing, uh, comedy, um, uh, contortion, aerial, anything. It, you know, it, cabaret is usually just a small venue. Um, and you're going to go on stage. What 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 are you going to perform? Like, what how, what kind of cabaret would you like to do? I think I would be like a combination story time with burlesque. <laughs> wow. That would, be, that would be my thing. Burlesque is story anyway, but I yes. would love that. So you yeah. do, so you tell some story and then. As, yeah, I oh, illustrate no. it through my body. Oh, I love that. That's definitely what I would do. Okay. And besides a microphone, you can have one prop. What would you want? Out in this burlesque stage that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> a boa, a feather boa. <laughs> I love a boa. I've mm. never performed with a boa. I've I've played with boa. I've done lots of classes mm. and and things. I love boas. I've never I've never done any of this. I really I've I've wanted to do burlesque for a very long time. 
it's very freeing. I'm going to have to come over to the UK and you're going to have to teach me. Yes. <laughs> it's very, it's very emotional. Mm -hmm. It's very cathartic. It looks that way. Because you're telling you, you are telling your story and you are, you are owning your space unapologetically. Yes. But yeah. boas are thick. I mean, they are thick, like a good boa. Yeah. Right? You can get the chicken feather ones that are like no. this and they shed everywhere. And yeah. that's what I have. But, but proper boas, mm -hmm. when you wrap yourself around it, it's, it, it's, it covers so much, but you can flow and move. That's it. what I want. <laughs> and it lets you take even more space than your arms could ever reach. Yes. And it's just ostentatious and, and colorful and yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what would your stage name be? Oh, <laughs> ah, what do they, what do they say? What the, your first animal, your first pet's name and the, the name of the street that you first, oh, <laughs> I would be, I would be Misty. Oh, Ellis. <laughs> also another podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay but you already know you already know what that fierce voice inside you is called what is I it i do her name is shira <laughs> i think i'm shira oh you're shira i love that yeah i think welcome to the stage shira <laughs> Might have to do something about the the Castle Grayskull and He-Man and all that Skeletor. No, 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 you don't get to apologize or explain. Okay, all right. No. Like you, like that's the thing. It doesn't matter if there's other ones or other contexts or other. You don't have to explain anything, because that's part of showing up unapologetically. Yes, that's true. I feel like that's the first name that came into my head, but I feel like there's something else. There's something deeper and more luxurious sounding. Okay. I'm not quite sure what it is though. So I um I debuted last week uh with a new persona. Oh tell um, me. Because I so I was Helen back for several years. Uh-huh. And it was very, very cathartic about, you know, all the hell that I'd been through. Everybody called me Helen anyway, because I don't know, for some reason here in the UK, whenever I say Heather, they say, okay, Helen, every day. <laughs> never fails even if i sign off my emails with heather they still send helen. Me going, dear helen it's, i don't understand it but it's a thing and so i decided i was just going to use helen and embrace it mm -hmm. and that became my facebook name and that became my stage name and i used Love helen back because mm -hmm. it was my story of you know my abusive marriage and my full-time caring in in my second marriage and just the, all of it and so it was very angsty and angry and stompy mm -hmm. and and I didn't want to be limited by that and so I changed to also Helen so I am also Helen which has a lot of different tones of voice to it because I'm also Helen and then, <laughs> well I'm not Helen what, what <laughs> like yeah I'm also Helen uh and then uh and then and then it's just my you know kind of it, it's just my story of you know I'm lots of things but I'm also Helen and that's my yeah. story uh, on my stage name. So, so that means that I can be anything. That's and yeah. You can everything, you can be everything. And exactly. also Helen. <laughs> and exactly. I can, I, yeah, exactly. I can be sweet. I can be filthy. I can be bitchy. I can be whatever I want, but also Helen. Yeah. 
So it's fun. It's very meta. Um, <laughs> and it started because I was in a graveyard with my co-pioneer, Ryan Francis, who uh, we, we were walking around during, during COVID and we were planning confidence recovery and stuff. And there was this graveyard, uh, it was a cemetery actually, but it is very old. And we, you know, in the UK we have, you know, obviously very old. Very old, yeah. <laughs> From like um, 110. <laughs> yeah, by, by, by North American standards, it's very, very old. But but it's, and so there was this, there was this um, headstone and it had this, uh, this man's name and beloved father and all these things and, and this, and this little write-up about them and, and their years of living. And then it, and then on the bottom, it said also Helen. And I was like, what? Hmm. Were they like, uh drag queen like did they have this alter ego like 200 years ago <laughs> what uh and of course it wasn't it was just their beloved wife who didn't get a write-up because right. it was also yeah. oh, also that lady also, also that lady. might as well just be also his wife <laughs> yes also also somebody else is buried here too yeah uh and i went oh that's me i'm like i i'm like that, that uh, this just speaks to me because I'm I'm angry about this and I mm -hmm. and I have things to say about this about you know women's place and women's story and women's voice and power and so on mm. and that's where that came from. That's so, I love that story. That's yeah, a great story. It's fun and it's um and it's also how just ridiculous my mind works because I was like oh my goodness this was a drag queen two hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I then love my that. <laughs> like. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. That's the, the, the underappreciated wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's where they came from. But I really genuinely believe, and we, we started Confidence Through Cabaret right away with what we called the All Caps Challenge, which was finding the character or avatar or persona, however you want to see it, inside of you that is fierce and strong and driven and can do anything unapologetically. And, and so we asked everybody, what's your stage name? And it's interesting how many people sort of go, mm, I don't know. Yes, you do. I can see it in your face. It's there. You know, <laughs> and, you know and, and you might play with it a little bit. You might become, you know, Madam Shira. You might become, you know, Queen Shira. You, know, <laughs> you might, you know, expand on that. But you know who that voice is. And when I can't do, when I feel weak and I can't do something, I ignite that voice and go, no. I am motherfucking hell. <laughs> I'm from Boston, sweetheart. We live in Boston. <laughs> I know we do. <laughs> and I, everyone's, I don't know what happens every time I start talking to you. I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm not having it. Yeah. <laughs> and you said that to me before, but I'm from Boston. I'm like, yeah, I'm I can swear. That word is an adjective. It's an adverb. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's everything. You could say an entire sentence. You get so much, yeah, exactly. You get so much power from language. And when you can connect with that, yes. if you are Shira, unapologetic and fierce and strong, you can do anything. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Because you know what? We do that. We do that with our imposter voice, right? We talked about this, you know, in, in past conversations. We you, we do that all the time with these other doubtful voices. They go, "No, you can't. No, you can't. What are you doing?" So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shira, Shira, Shira can do anything. Shira with a boa. I mean, I'm <laughs> doing like a cobra. Oh, 
fabulous. Right. Just luxury wrap yourself in it and like, mm, yeah. Amazing. Okay. So what is your favorite lesson that you've ever learned? Oh, there's so many. Um, I think it's, we were talking a little bit about it. Like if someone has a problem with you, it's their problem. Nice. Nice. Lovely. Love that. And where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook um, at Jennifer Sullivan, which is a very common name. <laughs> but um, I'll, we can put my um, Facebook thing. But you could also attach, uh, you could also send me an email at jenspenbooks at gmail.com. Jen's Pen's Books. Jen's Pen's Books with an S. So it's Jen's, J E N S, book, Jen's Pen's, ah, Jen, J E N S P E N, books at gmail.com. There we go. Yes. Absolutely. Perfect. All one word, but yes. All one word. Yes. Mm -hmm. I try and space it out on here because then it, it like the people can actually people see remember. It. Yeah. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, there's no apostrophe on Jen's, even though there would be grammatically. It's Jen's pens, all one word. Oh, Jen's pens books, all one word. At Jen's pen. Sorry. Jen's pen books. Jen's pen. Why am I mm -hmm. wouldn't I put pens with an S? What the heck? <laughs> I don't know. I've got one pen and only one. <laughs> you only have one pen. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. Okay. So Jen's not Jen's pens. Jen's pen. Jen's pen. Oh, everyone wants to say that though. Maybe I should change it to Jen's pens. <laughs> no. Do you know what I just realized? What? I did not get this. I can't believe I'm going to admit this on on live um, or on podcast. I did not get this. Because I always thought it was like a playpen. I like that even more. I, it never. playpen books. I, I just, I never occurred to me like pen as in writing. I, uh, see, this is, this is another one of those. I love how your brain works. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Because I just thought, like, this is a place to play. It's a safe pen. <laughs> We're all locked in. <laughs> that means me that it is an actual pen. It's an actual pen. I write with it. Unbelievable. How did I get a whole different... I I've even been in you. your community and talked to you in there <laughs> and still didn't get it. I love that about you. That's my favorite. Thing. That's, that's, I love that your brain works that way. And Helen was a drag queen. Also oh, Helen. From 200 like, years clearly, ago. Clearly a 200 year old drag queen was buried here. Okay. Okay. The power of the pen. Yes. Okay. I, I, I'm not even going to apologize because I love that for you, that the pen is double edged. Hmm. It's mightier than the sword. Mm. Very nice. Thank you, Jennifer Sullivan, for you, joining me it's in this conversation, which I'm now going to split into two parts because we've talked a long time. An <laughs> I'm again not apologizing. I think it's fabulous that mm -hmm. you are so open to sharing and to encouraging others to share their story. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. Thank you. Please always remember how much impact you're having 
by helping others to share their story, to touch others. Thank you. That helps me a lot. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's so much fun. And we have about four more episodes that we've just planned during <laughs> this. So, so we'll yeah, I'll we'll do go back and re- <laughs> yeah, we'll go back and get, and get an update on Shira and how your boa is coming along. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Confidence Through Cabaret on all the socials. Uh, so Facebook, uh, Facebook community, YouTube, uh, where it depends where you're seeing this really or hearing this. Uh, obviously there's a podcast, Confidence Through Cabaret. Uh, join us anywhere where you'll find Confidence Through Cabaret. The only socials that I'm not Confidence Through Cabaret is Twitter, which is at YBYWYS. And Clubhouse, I am at Heather YBYWYS, which stands for It Is Your Body. It is your world and it is your stage. Take up space and own it. Mm. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Bye. Bye.